Misfits Audio is somewhat proud to present The Administration, a series written and created by Mike Murphy and starring Joe Stofko as President Richard Duncan and Peter Catt as his Chief of Staff, Murgatroyd. Episode 8 is entitled Christmas in Washington or Where Can I Find Three Wise Men? Uh, good morning, Murgatroyd. Sleep well? Very well. No jet lag after that flight all the way from China? None. Good for you. I barely slept. I don't get jet lag. I don't allow it. Well, what do you do? Well, it's a little embarrassing. You don't have to be embarrassed in front of me. Besides, we're alone here. You are? Oh, yes, the narrator. I've gotten so used to him being around, I don't even notice him anymore. How flattering. It's like that guy with the briefcase who follows me. You mean the football? Funny, it certainly looks like a briefcase to me. If he ever needs a break, I could hold on to it for a while. What a nice offer. I don't think that would be wise, sir. No? I wouldn't hold it for long. Just enough time for the poor fellow to get a drink of water or urinate. Or what? To point Percy at the porcelain? Come again. Uh, To pee. Oh, pee. (laughs) Why didn't you say so? I thought I did. A nice offer, Mr. Narrator, but we can't allow a non-citizen access to the briefcase containing the nuclear launch codes. I thought you said it was a football. Later, sir, later. But you'll allow Mr. Duncan access? Uh, Good point. Besides, I am a U.S. citizen. I uh, thought you were Great Britainish. I have dual citizenship. Meaning what? I am a citizen of both the U.S. and the U.K. Whoa, that sounds like fun. I I want dual citizenship too, Murgatroyd. Why? Well, because it sounds cool. And because I have it. It's called jealousy. You watch your mouth in my country. It's my country too. Oh, yeah. What other country would you want to be a citizen of, Mr. President? How about Atlantis? That's a fictional place. Uh, Oh, Uh, Fredonia? Ditto. Uh, Narnia? Sir, your U.S. citizenship is fine just as it is. Party pooper. (sighs) We were talking about how you don't get jet lag. A few years ago, I conditioned myself against it. How? Every time I return from a long plane trip, if I even feel a hint of jet lag, I immediately stick my feet in a metal tub full of ice cubes. Isn't that cold? Very. Ice usually is. Then, while holding my Bobby Orr autographed hockey stick, I put on a DVD of Jersey Shore. Using mind control techniques I learned from a great swami... I tell my entire body that unless the jet lag is driven from me immediately, I will continue to watch Jersey Shore for the foreseeable future. And that works? Sometimes I can actually hear the jet lag laying rubber to get away fast before the rest of my body does it in. Why the ice and the hockey stick? It seemed like a good idea at the time. Anyway, it whips jet lag. I'll have to try that. 
I'm not sure about Jersey Shore, though. Why not? I don't like the water. Perhaps something with the Kardashians or Honey Boo Boo would suffice. Good idea. I love the ocean. The sea is in my veins. Most people have blood. <clears throat> Mr. President, I thought you called me here to review your overseas trip. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> I think it went pretty well. Uh, how about you? Well... Uh-oh. What did I do wrong? Not to worry, sir. I haven't seen any press coverage. I think it went unnoticed. What? Do you remember the conversation you had with the Chinese leader? Of course. I'd say something, and the translator would repeat it in Chinese for him. Do you recall what you said? We talked about a lot of things. The Middle East situation, the balance of trade... Do you remember specifically what you said when the translator mentioned it was time for lunch? Of course. I said that was great because I love Chinese food. Oh, God. I figured it would be nice and fresh, seeing that we were there in China. That was an error, sir. Why? Trust me. Didn't you notice how it stopped the translator cold? Yes. Why didn't he translate that, too? I think he was amazed that you said it. I just thought he didn't like Chinese food. A vegetarian? Right. You can't eat chicken fingers and spare ribs if you're a vegetarian. How about egg rolls? I suppose they're okay. I'm not sure what's in them. I'm getting hungry, Murgatroyd. Can we get Chinese for lunch? Please don't ad-lib anymore, sir. It could be embarrassing. Fortunately, we dodged that bullet, too. Two? What else did I do wrong? At the working breakfast in Denmark, you said how happy you were that the Danishes were so fresh. Well, they were. Except for that prune one. Bad news? Yeah, it was like rocket fuel. <clears throat> uh, perhaps it's time to get back to more serious matters. Agreed. The annual Christmas tree lighting is coming up. It's always a big to-do. Uh, when's that? Next Thursday. Oh, that's not good for me. My Dorothy will be out of town. Good. Where will the First Lady be? Uh, working on her anti-littering campaign. I think she's touring a town dump in Hoboken Thursday night. You'll simply have to do without her, then. She can take part in some of the other holiday events. Well, I don't think so, Murgatroyd. Dorothy has never liked Christmas. I remember when I was in the House of Representatives... I came home one night to find that she had rearranged the lawn decorations so that Santa was kicking Rudolph in the butt. Oh, my. More than once I've caught her watching my copy of How the Grinch Stole Christmas backwards to see him take all the presents back from the Who's. <gasps> Even little Cindy Lou Who, who was no more than two? Even her. <gasps> Ghastly. I'll make a note to leave Mrs. Duncan out of as many holiday celebrations as possible. I think that would be wise. I'll light the tree myself. Uh, where is it, Murgatroyd? Uh, you haven't seen it? The big one down on the ellipse? Is that a tree? Of course. What did you think it was? A rocket. A green, leafy rocket. With the cuts at NASA lately, I thought, uh, well, I mean, uh, look at what they did to that poor dog. What dog? Rover. They sent him all the way to Mars on his own. Mars! I hope they remember to pack up some kibbles and bits. What a thing to do to man's best friend. 
Mr. President, the Mars rover... Later, later. Are you sure? Absolutely. These episodes are only supposed to be around 15 minutes long. True. Anyway, sir, getting back to the tree lighting... Yes? Your writers are working on your speech right now. I'll be speaking at this tree lighting? You give a speech pretty much anywhere you go. What'll I talk about? It will be lighthearted stuff. For instance, you'll talk about how different cultures celebrate Christmas in different ways. They do? Uh, like what? Oh, God. If I may? Please. Mr. President, in England, it is not Santa Claus who brings presents for all the good boys and girls, but Father Christmas. See? Uh, a priest brings presents. I, I thought he'd be pretty busy holding services. Father Christmas is not a priest. No? With a name like that? <laughs> yeah, what is he, a rabbi? Uh, I'm done. It's your turn. Uh, Mr. President, can we talk about this later? Do you know how many times you've told me that we'll talk about something later, and we never do? No. How many times? I don't know. I was hoping you would. It's lots. Lots. Sir, please do me a favor. At the ceremony, stay on script. The networks will be covering every second of this. I'll do my usual wonderful job. We're toast. Ladies and gentlemen, as I look out over your eager faces, I am reminded of the story of the first Christmas. It seemed that when Joseph and Mary arrived at the inn, there were no vacancies, since Joseph hadn't called ahead. The innkeeper allowed them to stay in his barn. We all know what happened next. Jesus was born, the three wise men arrived, and, uh, some people believe, the animals in the manger were momentarily given the power of speech. Why the innkeeper never came to see what was happening, I have no idea. He must have been a very sound sleeper. I've just been, uh, informed that it's time to light this beautiful tree, which has been decorated with thousands of red, white, and blue lights in honor of the nation and the season. Here we go. <clears throat> Three, two, one. What is it? What's wrong? A union, Jack? Who put the lights in the shape of a... Mr. Narrator? Guilty as charged. All this talk of Father Christmas made me nostalgic for jolly old England. Besides, I thought it was about time for someone to inject a little class into this series. If the writer won't do it, I will. Misfits Audio has presented Episode 8 of The Administration, written, created, and produced by Mike Murphy. It starred Joe Stofko as Richard Duncan and Peter Catt as Murgatroyd. The assistant producer was Captain John Tadrazak. Post-production was accomplished by Jim Smagata. The art directors are Stephen Sash Scott and Alexa Chipman. Original music was composed and performed by Sam Wu. Please visit his website at the61.com forward slash sam1010. The webmaster is April Sadowski. This has been a production of Misfits Audio, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. 
This is your narrator, Terry Cooper speaking, and wishing all of you a grand holiday season. Am I done, Mr. Murgatroyd? Are the lights back to the way they were? Uh, no. Then you're not done. But it's three o'clock in the morning. Tough. It's cold up on this ladder. I think I'm getting a nosebleed from being up so high. Keep going. It's starting to snow. Too bad. Oh, bollocks. Happy holidays, everyone. He'll have this done by Christmas, or I'll personally see to it that his dual citizenship is revoked. Fa-la-la-la-la, bloody laugh. <laughs>